Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. Today, we are talking about being sober curious. For many years, I have loved my wine and my martinis. Lately, I have been asking myself if drinking is really serving me, if it's getting me any closer to the things I actually want or further away. I am discovering that drinking is not helpful in my life as it stands now. When my children were younger, When my life was full of stress and busyness, the wine and martinis couldn't come soon enough. It was what I used to wind down from a tough day. It was my way of rewarding myself. Now, my kids are older. I'm not living in busyness and stress, and I have tools to use when I'm facing any mindfuckery or any stress. I can shift right out of it. So, drinking has suddenly become a question. Do I want to be drinking anymore? And thus began my sober, curious journey. This was just a mere 10 days ago, so I'll be sure to report back. And my husband, Brett, is on the journey with me as well. My guest today is also on a journey of being sober curious, one she calls being sober-ish. Her community, the Soberish Uprising, is inviting people to look at your drinking and use the power of choice and the power of keeping a promise to yourself. I'm so excited to share this with you. If you're becoming sober curious, or if you have any thoughts on this episode, please go to liz.swadek on Instagram and DM me. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, let's get into it, but first. It's the most wonderful time of the year, or at least it's supposed to be. Sometimes it feels like what's supposed to be the season of joy becomes a season of stress. Now, I can almost hear you saying, Liz, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. And you're right. But in my experience, preparation is the key to transformation. Let's get ahead of the overwhelm and set our intentions, giving yourself the best shot at truly soaking in the joy of the upcoming holidays without the stress. Introducing Blissed Out Holidays. If you want to not only survive this holiday season, but to truly thrive, if you want to end the month feeling on top of the world, filled with pride, knowing that you tackled every challenge with grace and radical gratitude, then come to Blissed Out Holidays. This is a one-day free event, and it will be on November 19th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, with a replay available for those who can't make it or can't stay for the whole event. Blissed Out Holidays is where we're going to learn how to create the holiday season you've always wanted. In this immersive four-hour VIP session with me, you're going to get your own holiday survival guide. And I'm going to teach you self-care during the holidays. And I'm also going to give you tools to manage family dynamics, grief, anxiety, and all those overwhelming obligations. And I'm also going to help you create your ideal holiday. What does that look like? So come and join me on November 19th and sign up for this free event with the link in my bio. Let's get blissed out this holiday. Today on the show, Holly Crevo. 
She is the founder of Soberish Uprising, a certified coach and a former heavy drinker. Her life changed September 2021 when she started her own Soberish journey. She no longer could reconcile the woman who handed over her power to booze while also wanting to change the world. Choosing herself over booze changed everything. She believes, like in all things in life, we have to choose the path that works for us and is dedicated to supporting others to create their own soberish journey. She's leading the charge in shifting the paradigm of booze and making soberish the new norm. She hosts a weekly podcast, Soberish Uprising, where guests share their own version of sobriety with no shame, no guilt, and no judgment. I love her true passion for coaching and supporting women along their own soberish journey. Welcome to the show, Holly. Hi, my lovey. So good to see you. What a treat. So good to see you. I'm so excited we're doing this because as you know, mm. it's become like a personal thing for me. Yes. You, know, you are the queen of the Soberish Uprising community uh, and podcast. That. And so I wanted to talk about this. You know, I yes. haven't had many conversations on the podcast about mm. being sober or being sober-ish. Give everybody like a definition of like, what does it mean to be sober-ish? Sober-ish. I should have a better definition for this since it is what I am talking about. But soberish is living oh, what is with. It, what is it to you? Yeah, what is it to, to me? You? Yes, for everybody, it's living with intention and freedom around alcohol. For me, I felt drinking was out of control at times. I felt like I was trapped a lot in my drinking. So for me, soberish is finding that freedom on my terms um, from alcohol. Yeah. How did this even start? Because I'm sure you did not start with the Soberish Uprising. You had, you obviously kind of mm -hmm. were having this feeling. So to, give me, give me the beginnings. Oh my of gosh. It. Because I think for a lot of us, like, and for me included, when it, the thought of like being sober, I was like, and no, <laughs> I like my martini. I like my, right. I'm like, no, uh, yeah. but, but I think yeah. we've all gotten to a point where we've actually like maybe thought about it only because mm -hmm. like, we didn't like how we were acting. We didn't like how we were showing up. Mm -hmm. We didn't like how we were feeling. You know, we, 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 we all go through a little questioning on it, whether we admit it or not, mm -hmm. we go through a little mm -hmm. questioning of like, do I really want to be doing this? Or is this really like doing anything for me? So tell me, what was that journey for you? Like, what, what was that like moment? And uh, I had a whisper for so long that I needed to be doing something different until one day it was a scream. Like it was just like, no. So I would say probably for, you know, my drinking was probably a glass of wine at least every night. If I didn't drink a couple of times during the week, it was a big deal. Brunch on the weekends, cooking dinner at night, but never like blackout, out of control, drunk, no DUIs, nothing that was like wrecking my life. But enough that I was like, I don't think this is it. Like, I think it's just a little too much, right? Waking up at 3 a.m. just braiding myself because like my heart's racing and I can't sleep. My head hurts. And I'm like, it's a fucking Wednesday. Like, you know, like, what are you doing? And so it was, you know, there's no overnight successes because people are like your willpower, you just quit out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, honey, I've been talking about this for years, yeah. you know? And so I was at a girl's weekend in Round Top, Texas, cute little town with some of my dearest friends. And it was, you know, we had had Rosé at the pool. We had red wine at dinner. We were doing uh, gin and tonics that night and like, but a great time, right? With like my favorite people in this town of like 50 people in nowhere, Texas, just a great weekend. And I'm sitting there 
And it was like, Liz, it was like almost an out-of-body experience. I'm like, you should be like so happy right now, not a care in the world. And like, I, like, I wasn't there. Like I could feel myself just being like disconnected and like pouring a glass of wine, like with, like in my stomach being like, I don't want this, you know? And so in that more, that day I drove home probably still like drunk, probably if I got pulled over, I probably would have been over the legal limit, right. For the amount I drank and just being like, this can't just be it. Like, you can't be doing this. We had a trip to Napa in November <laughs> and I was I like, I'm going to help that journey. <laughs> no, but I was like, I'm not going to drink until then, because I knew that I couldn't do a week of no drinking because I had done that and then just gone back. I knew it couldn't be no drinking during the week, week at, weekdays on the weekends. And so I, I made that goal of, and then that trip got canceled. I just kept on going. Cause I was like, I started to feel better. I started to just see the benefits of it. And so I kept on for about a hundred days. I had my first drink on Christmas Eve and then it's just been my journey since then. A hundred days. So what, so the original time period though, was what, when you were trying like to 72, I think it was. Oh, so, oh, it was that many. Yeah. Cause so it was how like, did, so how did, but th- this is interesting to me. Cause you just went, you just said, I couldn't make it a week. I couldn't make it through the weekend, but yeah. you made it 72 days. Yeah. So how was it somehow like the bigger, longer somehow was like an easier target because it was further off? No, it was like when I was doing those like stints, like it felt like a deprivation. It felt like something I should do. Right. And then I got to the point, I'm like, this isn't who I fucking want to be. I don't want to be this woman that just passes my power over to alcohol. So it was like an internal shift, which is why I was able to, I think, able to do that. Right. Of like, this isn't a... I just got sick of my own crap. Like, I just got sick of it. I got sick of feeling bad. I got sick of like continuing to break promises to myself of the things I wanted to do in my life. I got sick of going out and coaching on all these cool things, but then also like not taking care of myself the way I wanted to. It was a realization of a misalignment of values, not of, I just don't want to be hung over that allowed me to like step into that space and explore that space you know, to be like, okay, what, what do I look like making sober choices? Yeah. And and were you a person that could have like one, cause we were talking about this and I was mm-hmm. like, in my mind, I'm Liz with one drink. <laughs> I'm never Liz with one drink. I'm Liz yeah. three drinks. Like I am, yeah. I am Liz minimum two drinks. I am never Liz one drink. I want to be Liz one drink, but I am not Liz one drink. So then it like always goes not how I exactly how I want to, yeah. because I just like, I take, I suck the first one down and I'm like, what's next? You know, like, <laughs> and, I, and it, and it tastes good and I'm excited and I'm happy. So like, tell me, were you one drink Holly ever? Or you, were you like three, four, five drinks Holly? <laughs> I want to say I was one drink Holly, but I don't feel like I was one drink Holly. <laughs> See, we all want to think we are. Right. I feel like I was two drink Holly. Yeah. Which feels right to me. Minimum two drinks. Mm-hmm. But usually two drinks for brunch, go home, have plans to go work out, have plans to do some work, but don't really, because I've had two drinks. I might as well just have one more drink and I'll start over tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. It kind of is a way to throw the day away. That's what I've realized. Like mm-hmm. those days where you're drinking, those days, even the day after, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I was going to do all this stuff. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm right. not doing any of this stuff. And I've told you about how I kind of started on this like soberish journey with you. And I reached out to you and started with, on the retreat, not having any alcohol at my retreat. And then I came home and was back to, you know, two or three mm-hmm. drinks, Liz. 
And then I had an evening with my husband where I just felt like we had had like nothing really had gone down that was like so bad or anything, but you know, just, we were not our best selves. And yeah. next morning it was like the, the whole day was a wash. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a yeah. creator. I couldn't create anything. I couldn't do anything. And I was like, wow, that whole day is like gone, like wasted. And I really was like, I talked to Brett and I was like, I think we should like not drink until Thanksgiving. Like, I, what do you think about that journey? Like just like saying, we're not going to do it till Thanksgiving. And so now we're like, you know, nine ish days in love it. And it's been so interesting because mm-hmm. what I noticed is it, I was not drinking for like, this is a great celebratory moment. I was drinking because I'm like, it's been a long day. It's been, mm-hmm. I'm too, I worked really hard, you know? And then I'm like, okay, well, that's not, I shouldn't be doing that. Like, cause that's not yeah. really helping me number one. And like, why am I pushing myself to the point where I want that drink? Like, how about you're tired, go to bed. How about stop working and have a boundary and not be working like past, you know, a certain hour and have more days off. So you don't want the drink, right? I wasn't, I wasn't like looking for the answer. I was like drinking the answer. I was like, the answer is the drink martini. Right. I, and I, it was funny when I started getting, as you say, sober curious, I started saying like, well, this is interesting. Like now that I've taken it away, I'm noticing all those things. So once you took it away, what were the things you noticed first? I think I was using it a lot for like self-sabotage, right? I noticed when I took it away, just how much mind space it took up in my mind. Didn't realize how much it was looking at the clock. Okay. Four o'clock. Okay. We can open up a bottle of wine. Where can we go have lunch? Okay. I don't want to just go grab a sandwich. Like I want to go home tomorrow and have a glass of wine. Like, oh, do I want to make plans to go play tennis at eight in the morning on a Sunday? Probably not. Cause we have plans with dinner or with friends, right? How are we going to get home? Like how much energy it took up just thinking about it. Wow. That is and, so And you're like, you can't do both. That's so interesting because you, you know, it's so true. It's, it's like when you go, like I've talked to many women, like when you go on a vacation and you're off your actual schedule and you have some like space on it, you're like, wow, I'm not, I'm not having to get a call right now. I'm not meeting with anybody. My team's not, no one's texting me. It's Mm -hmm. like you, you feel like really weird when it all just stops, but then you get, it's like the smoke clears and you're like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? So to know that it was taking up that much space. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about and, the sabotaging thing too. Well, and I think sabotage, I don't, and it, we never know when we're sabotaging, right? Like that's the problem when we're doing it. We're like, oh yeah, it's just normal. I think it was fear. I think it was coping, not wanting to cope with other things. It was a, I think a lot of fear, right? I was doing big things. Things were going to happen to my family. So I think it was just a lot of, if I do that, then I'm going to be too tired to do the things that I actually say I want to do. I'm not going to have the confidence to do the things that I actually say I want to do. I'm going to have the anxiety that then makes me a little frustrated with my spouse where I don't have maybe the relationship that I want to have. Like all these little things and they're subtle. That was the problem, right? They weren't huge, but it was subtle enough that I had accepted it as part of what it was. I'm like literally having the thought right now, like is drinking part of an upper limit problem for a lot of women. I'm just wondering right now. It has to be. It has to be. I don't like, I I say this, I'm like, I've done all the things and nothing has supported my development, joy, peace, contentment, courage, like figuring out really my relationship with alcohol. Like I wouldn't be here today. Well, having this conversation about anything, if I was still drinking probably. 
Isn't that interesting? I just wonder how many women, because when you talk about sabotage, I mean, we know sabotage is really self-protection, right? Sabotage is basically fear. Like something is scaring me and I'm going too fast or I'm I'm pushing myself too far. And so I'm going to just fuck it up. I'm just going to fuck it up because it just is too big. It's too fast. And I didn't regulate myself and I didn't like talk to myself and I didn't like make it safe. So I'm just going to blow this, blow it up. Right. That's what it is. So you think about how many women reach a certain part point in their relationship, in their business, whatever it is, right. Where you're like, Oh, this is too much. Right. Or your relationship is going to go to the next place. You're going to have to have that uncomfortable conversation. Oh, I'm not having that uncomfortable conversation about where this relationship is going because that's too scary. Instead, we'll drink a bottle of wine together. That is going to be amazing, right? So tomorrow it'll feel better. Tomorrow tomorrow I will be even worse (laughs) because now I'm going to be hungover and still having the same thought. No, no, but for real though, like it it seems like it might be an upper limit issue. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't be because we use it to cope when we're scared, when we're frustrated, when we're mad even joy, right? When we're feeling too joyful, we have it, which can also numb it, you know, like when things get too good, we're like, when's the other shoe going to drop? So like that piece. So I don't, and again, I don't think I realized that when I was doing it, but now I can see that. So what has changed? So you, how many days has it been first of all? And first of all, explain to people that, you know, you, you did it for this many days and then you, you know, like that's why it's sober-ish. That's why it's, coming at this with curiosity. This is not a shame and blame game. This is not like, fuck you. You can never have another drink in your whole life. It's about having that curiosity. It's about making a promise, right? Mm -hmm. And and sticking with something and then being intentional if you're going to bring it back in, right? And why are you, and asking yourself, like having that awareness, like, well, why am I bringing it back in? Oh, I'm bringing it back in because I really feel like having a drink on Christmas Eve, like you said, right? So talk about that part of it. Yeah. So for me now it is, so I've been two years of soberish, a little over two years. My first year I had 33 drinks, which is funny. It sounds like a lot, but it was like four, which is funny. Cause I don't think I, there was, I went a hundred and something days without it, but it shows like if I had one, I almost wanted two, like we talked about, right? Like, so it was harder that first year again, no judgment. Cause it, 33 was probably what I would have in a month. If I'm honest I, with it, you said, that sounds like a lot. I was like, that sounds like nothing. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You're like, ah. And then the second year I did 22, which I was really, really proud of. Again, I don't feel like I ever got drunk that second year of doing it, right? Like I'd have one glass and that was about it. And so now it's funny. People are like, well, how do you know when you're going to have a drink? I'm like, I don't. I don't. Sometimes the other day I had it, we were listening to Spotify. We were playing Rima Cube on a Friday night and ordered pizza. And I was like, I want a glass of wine. On my birthday, I did not have anything to drink. So I, to me, it is more of like, is it aligned? Is it adding to this experience? Do I want this? Is there something else I can have that adds to the experience that's not drinking? So for me, it's, I still don't have like a checklist of when I have my drinks, right? But I know it, like I know and I feel it when I'm going to open myself up to those opportunities. And so it is, it's being intentional. It's saying, is this going to fuel me, fuel this moment? Is it going to help me tomorrow? Am I going to have any regrets? It's not just about that drink, right? It's about keeping that promise. It's about saying, no, I'm, I had the plans to go this week and not drink. I'm not going to do it because what I say about who I am is more important than a shitty average drink. Like it just is. So it's really being intentional of how I want to treat my body, my spirit. And that's why, you know, I'm really, really clear of like your sober's journey is going to be your journey. Maybe it's complete sobriety. Maybe it's one glass a week. Like I have zero prescriptions, (laughs) 
(laughs) on what it needs to look like, but it has to be yours and it has to be something that aligns with like who you want to be. Yes. And I like the intention. I like literally the intention behind it because I feel like it's become so habitual. I was telling you how when I was on the retreat and there was like no drinking, I was at the retreat place a couple days before and I just found myself like, it's sun setting. Where's my wine? Oh, wait, no. Oh, I'm in the jacuzzi. I'm in the wine. No. Like it was so weird how often it just like came into my mind. It actually scared me a little bit. I was like, why is this coming to my mind so much? Like it just had become like a habit and we were in such a vacation-y vibe. It was giving me like, that's what I do on vacation. Like I have wine, I have this, we have a lazy lunch. We have a da, 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 da. Like my vacations have been very drinky. And so I I was not used to having a vacation-y moment without, without a drink. It was new for me. So it's, it's interesting to have those new experiences. Oh, it's fascinating, right? Like I remember going to a football game, watching college football and I didn't drink. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I have never really done that. Going to a wedding, my first international flight, I was like, you can fly internationally and not just take advantage of the free wine and show up sober. Like what? (laughs) But it is. And like, I remember my first holiday of being like, I don't not, you know, we went back to Norway, which is play like our bigger trip. And I had like one glass of wine the whole time. And it was great. Like I was present. It was lovely. I, the wine was perfection, but the moment it was, but you'll be shocked how many first you have that you're like really proud of. And you're like, that's not that, but it is a big deal. Like when you're somebody who has drank at all those moments and then to go into a wedding and dance and close the bar down and have a great time and go home sober and wake up and feel really good. Like it's different. I think it sounds wonderful. Part of me started realizing in my soberish journey, well, that's not me anymore. Like when I, I was talking to you about Halloween. So yeah. I'm out there on Halloween. I, t- I take my daughter as a freshman in, in high school. And I took her to this like little gated community where she could like trick or treat with her friend. And, you know, we got in there and I, I was driving and I was like, I don't even need to explain this because I'm driving. It's Halloween. I don't need to drink anyway. So I'm just not going to uh-huh. do it. And I'd already made that commitment and that promise. So I was like, okay, good. And then I was watching these parents stumbling mm. in with their kids with their drinks and they had little kids you know like my kids are pretty grown 14 and 17 I was watching them and I said oh my god that's not me anymore mm. like when I had little kids and I was wrangling them in the streets and I used to take like tours of like 30 kids everyone would come to my house I'd take the kids all around the neighborhood like with a light and I'd be like this way I was like a crazy <laughs> Halloween tour guide and I, people would come and I would lead 30 kids and parents down the street, like a huge parade to, all over the neighborhood trick-or-treating. And I, everybody had their cocktail. Everybody had their solo cup full of whatever it was. And I remember because that was like, it was stressful. Halloween was annoying and stressful. And you know, you're, it's chaotic and everything. And I'm like, well, I'm not there anymore. That's not me anymore. Yeah. So I think part of this like soberish thing for me is also like, it's a reassessment. Like, are you there anymore? Are yeah. you that person anymore? Yeah. Like we are not those people anymore. Like the yeah. person that was having wine infused playdates and trying to survive little kidness, the person yeah. who was in a job they didn't like and mm-hmm. you know having kind of relationship issues and like feeling like, is this all there is? I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. I'm not this new person right? Well, this person is actually loving life and loving their business and enjoying parenting and loving their relationship. So that's not really me anymore, Holly. Like that's not really me anymore. You're not making the same decisions you were 20 years ago on a ton of shit. Most things, 
But nobody really thinks about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we don't think about that in the way of drinking. Yeah. Like, that's not really me anymore. Like, do you have those thoughts where you're like, well, that's not me anymore. Like I, the old me would have been like, yeah, five yeah. beers. What is the game? Let's go. Like, whatever. Like, do you have those, like, do you see clearly now? Like, that's not even me anymore. A hundred percent. I just look back and it, and I do it though with like grace and love. Cause I have had that thought where you're like, oh my gosh, what would life have looked like if I would have discovered this five years ago? Right. But I didn't, if I did, I would have done differently five years ago. Right. It's like the right time. And that's why I think it's like, now I had this conversation with a lady and she's probably the most like extreme case. I've had not case somebody who like had like four DUIs, like was drinking a ton. Right. And cause she kind of talked about it and I, she was, you know, she's been totally sober for like 10 years. And I had this thought of like, you know, she believes and she is an alcoholic, you know, it's gotten progressively worse, which hundred percent, but I've, I've often thought of like other people who maybe aren't in that space that are like, I can never drink again, but like, could you now, cause of what, you know, like your case, right? Like you're happy, you're joyful, you're everything you're putting all this work, like you quitting 10 years ago, probably wasn't possible. One or, that's not true. Not possible. It would have been a lot harder. Feel possible. It didn't feel possible. It yes, didn't feel that. possible. No, now it feels right. possible. No, you're right. It's always possible, but like yeah. it didn't feel possible. And also no. it didn't feel like good. Like, yeah. no, why would you take that from me? I'm having a hard enough time up here. It's you the want to one take that thing I have. Like, what are you trying? Right. Yeah. So um, like this version, like me three years ago, wouldn't have done this. Me three years now. I love like having these like things of like, oh my God, 2020 Holly would have not done this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a decision she would have made. 2023 Holly is like, we're not doing that. No, no, no. We're, we're not, not doing that anymore. We're not available for that. And that's what I talked about the other day. I feel like I am in like cahoots with myself now. Like, I feel like I am not like fucking shit up for me tomorrow. Right. Like, I feel like I'm always like, I do today. Like I'm not doing something today. That's going to hurt me tomorrow, which I was doing right. Yeah. By like drinking a little too much. Sometimes it was just that one drink, but it was that I didn't keep the promise of not drinking which was honestly just as hard as like the physical thing of like, why do you keep on doing that? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like you deserve better. And then it, if I can't not drink, then how am I expected to be a good wife, a good friend, a good business, like all this shit that comes up. I don't know if I answered your question at all, but you did, you did. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's so I'm, I'm getting this intuitive hit right now. So I'm going to go with it, but yeah. I'm hearing this, keeping the promise, keeping the promise. 100%. What is your history with keeping promises or what is your history of your family history of promises not kept to you? Because this really is a thing for you because you've mentioned this many times yeah. and I'm really curious, like, tell me about promises not kept. Tell me about maybe like growing up promises not kept or promises people made that you look back on or what's the connection there with this keeping the promise? I think it's always been important for me to keep promises to myself right? To do what I'm going to say I'm going to do, to be, to live in integrity with the person that I want to be. Like integrity is really important to me. Honesty is really important to me. And I wasn't doing that. So I don't know if it has to do with others' promises or me just living a life that wasn't congruent with what I, who I wanted to be. Do you right? feel like parents have always been congruent in their lives and living in intention with who they wanted to be? No. <laughs> but that's the reason I say that is I'm being funny with you because for yeah. me, know these games we know these we know we know the steel holly but the right. reason why i'm saying that is because i think like when we when i i remember saying to people for years loyalty is really important to me mm -hmm. 
It's an interesting word, loyalty. Why did right. I, why was loyalty? Well, because my father betrayed my mother. Well, because mm -hmm. my growing up, I felt like my parents betrayed me. I felt like they were never really on my side. So then loyalty became this big fucking thing, mm -hmm. right? Really, I needed to be loyal to myself, right? Like you've just, you've gotten to this point too. Yeah. But in the beginning, I feel like when we're really like thinking about like promises kept and keeping promises, a lot of times parents don't keep promises to kids. Think about how many fucking ways they disappoint us and don't keep promises, mm -hmm. even, even with their best fucking intentions, right? right? Like, just don't, you know? And it starts to put it something in motion where when you, when you have a parent that you feel is not keeping a promise, right? Mm -hmm. It is easier for you to not keep the promise to yourself because that feels familiar. Mm. Oh, they didn't keep the promise to me or they don't, they didn't like, you know, prioritize me in that way and keep a promise. So it feels better to do what's familiar, which would be not keeping a promise to me. Right. Intuitive, but that's the way our minds work. And then you get to the higher level of, oh no, that's exactly what I need. I actually need to keep, I don't need other people. I don't need to be worried about other people keeping their promises to me. It's the promise to myself that means the most to me. That That's when I know I'm really, like when you say in cahoots with myself, that's when I really know I'm in cahoots with myself because that's what I'm actively doing. I'm keeping this promise to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I don't, I'd have to think on that. I don't, it could be something like that, but mostly it's like, I want to be who I say I am. And I wasn't doing that, or I was making it harder to do that. And I talk about the promise because, and it, maybe it is part of that, you know, cause I like being who you say you are is important to me. And I didn't always see that modeled like with my father, that was something I didn't always see, but it also became, cause I wanted to do bigger things with my life. And I'm like, I can't be doing these bigger things. And like, it was like, I was working against myself. Like nobody else was working against me, but I was like making it more difficult to show up with energy, to wake up and go get a good workout in, to have clarity, to feel like I could coach a client around something to know that I'm living that same way. I talk about that promise a lot because there's something like nothing feels as good as like putting, keeping the promise, whatever it is, like walk, taking a half a mile walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Showing up for yourself feels yeah. good, especially when you say, I'm going to show up for myself and you actually fucking do it. That is right. Yeah. It feels powerful. I mean, even like I was saying to you before, yeah. like, I was like, it's been nine days. Like I've got this like crazy weird power I feel over nine days. Like, and by the way, it could end at day 12. I don't know. But like, right. I feel really powerful with my nine days. I'm like, it's been nine days since I've had it. <laughs> nine. Like, I'm going to the double digits, Holly. It's happening. So it, it's, it's showing up. It's keeping that promise. Uh -huh. Saying to you, to yeah. yourself, I made this promise. I'm showing up to it, and it makes me feel really fucking powerful. Like I know, yeah. like what I'm here for, and what I'm available for, and what I'm not. Yeah, and I think that's why I talk about it. Is it like that? Is I can do that, not having a drink because I don't think I should. Like is like, well, f off. I'm gonna have a glass of wine because I want to have a glass of wine. But if I'm like, am I choosing me and what I say is important or a glass of wine? Like I win every time. And that's where I think it aligns and that's where it changes. And every, you know, clients I work with, people I have on my podcast, that's when it changes. And they're like, this just, this isn't aligned with who I want to be. I could, and maybe I'll go back and adjust, but it's like, I think that's when it stuck for me after probably 10 plus years of saying I needed to do something different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this just isn't aligned with who I want to be. And is, am I important enough to make a priority? Yeah. And it's not you, it's not you anymore. And I think what's amazing about what you're saying is, you know, we don't, you're, you're right. These, these kind of bigger changes that we want to make when you make it about restriction, 
When you make it about fucking like you can't have it. I have right. such a rebel spirit and you and this you have this too, which is why we giggle and die over each other. We just like love each other so much because we have this like a little rebel spirit. Like this is yeah. little like, you know, rebel girl. And like when you tell a rebel you can't do it, guess what we're going to do? We're going to fucking do it. Like tell right. me one time and I'm going <laughs> to fucking do it, right? Like like I love when people tell me no. I'm like, "Really? Did you just tell me no?" Doing it now. So funny. So like when I knew that going in, I said to Brett, okay, we're going to do this. Like yeah. if we're both going to say, we're going to go on this soberish journey. We're, we're going to try to not drink until Thanksgiving. Love it. We're going to do that. I can't be over here like taking it away. I have to be like, what are we doing instead? We're going to have mocktails. We're going to have yeah. conversation. We're going to sit by the fire pit. We're going to go on a nice walk. We're going to like, what are we doing in this time? I don't yeah. want to feel like this time is a time of like, sad, dark restriction, you can't have it energy. Yeah, I want yeah. to be fucking expansive and beautiful and fantastic energy. Like, what are we doing in that time? Like, so making the decision, right, from this higher place, like you're talking about, where yeah. you're over here going like, that is just not aligned. You're not saying you can't have a drink, Holly. That is one thing. You're saying, Holly, that is just not who we are right now. That is not aligned for us right now. And so, and you're just keeping that promise to yourself. That feels juicy. That it feels good when you say it. Like in my, like in my heart, I'm like, yes. oh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Well, I'm so excited we're on this journey together. So tell me yeah. about how it became like a, a, a podcast, a community. Yes. I'm hoping it's going to be some type of course or something. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All the things. Because like, you're not. I, because like I just started sharing and people are like, oh my gosh, like I've got so many private messages of like, I've been thinking about quitting. I don't know what to do. Like ever, most people are like, it's not that bad. And I'm like, but if it's causing any type of pain, it's bad enough, right? Like we think we have to be a DUI blackout drunk to like change. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like any type of problem that's causing your life is enough to warrant. So started sharing, you knew I had the podcast question everything. And I was like, it didn't feel totally aligned at that time. I was like, oh my gosh, is where I have to start sharing. And then I'm a coach and I'm like, I need to like develop like some course, like develop some type of like page. So I started my new website to do like soberish coaching because I want it to be, and you know, some people may be sober. They may be soberish. They may be like, that's dumb. I'm going to keep on drinking at the rate I do. And you're like, that's fine too. That's your choice. But I want to have a space of like freedom and intention for individuals. Cause like, I remember like, for so long being, you know, being like, my only option is to go to AA and never drink again. Like I don't, and it's funny you mentioned that I talked to my brother because my brother's been sober since early 2020. And he's like, and I was like, Brett, I still don't know, even after all I know how good I feel not drinking, I don't know if I'll ever not drink it, like never completely cut it out. And he's like, yeah, it's because people are telling you what to do and you don't like to be told what to do. It's rebel spirit. It's rebel spirit. <laughs> it's rebel spirit. Oh, like, okay, no, maybe a little. No, no. but like, I didn't see anybody out there being like, you can not only, you know, modify your drinking down to like 10% and also be really proud of it. Right. Cause it was either like, you have to go to AA, never drink again, which is works for millions of people. And it's phenomenal or the same race. I was like, how do we create a space of people just trying it out with not complete sobriety at the end? Cause it's too much. So how do we just start having these conversations and you know, you're going to be on my podcast and I love it because you're new in this journey. How do we start showing people being like, here's my life. Here's what I'm trying. Here's where I continued. Here's where I fell back. Like having these honest conversations, because there are so many people out there that are in this gray area yeah. that are like, I can't quit forever, but I can't continue what I'm doing 
where do I find people and like stories that can kind of maybe show a way I could do soberish life? Yeah. And what I like about this too is there is a freedom to this. This is not, mm-hmm. this does not feel like it's coming from lack and scarcity. This doesn't yeah. feel like it's coming from a place of constriction or restriction. This feels like it's coming from such a high place that when I think about it, it doesn't make me feel like, oh my God, when is this over? Like I'm not over here literally dying for Thanksgiving to come. Like I set that date as like a, just to have guardrails. Yeah. But really? Like, I don't really care about that. Like I'm not over here like waiting like a spider, like, which is what I was doing. I'd be like, I'm just not going to drink this week. And I'd be like, oh my God, is it Thursday? Oh, you know, like I'm just like trying to get to the weekend. And now I feel like I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like I'm, I'm over here. And, and, and I think it is literally because I've, it's coming from so such a higher place. It's coming from mm-hmm. such a, it's not me. I'm aligned. This is where it is. And it gives me that freedom. It gives me that power. And then again, if, if there's something I, and I want to have a drink, I feel free to do that. But I also feel the power of not doing it. Yes. Uh, and I love that you're like not waiting for Thanksgiving. Cause how many times have we done that? We're like, we're not drinking. for two times. And then I spend just as much energy thinking about when I get to have that drink. And you're just like, well, that defeats the purpose. Like, and if it's going to be that energy, that's not good. Like yeah. to me, like you're saying, you didn't realize how much energetic like parking spot this was really mm-hmm. taking up in your mm-hmm. fucking brain. Like when you were like, I'm going to have this Wait, I got to get an Uber and then, but then I'm not going to go play tennis. Like, it's like all that angling, you know, when you just take it off the table and you say, you know what? I'm taking it off the table. I'm making yeah. a promise fully knowing that it's probably not forever, but it's going to be for a time. And I'm going to have some guardrails on it and let's just see how this goes. It's a great experiment. I'm going to see how this goes versus Oh my God, is it Thanksgiving? When is Thanksgiving coming? Oh my God, I got to have this drink. Like I, that, that was like what I did not want. That's what I was telling Brett too. Like every time we've kind of like been like, let's not drink during the week, just as a general rule, let's not, let's wait for like only when we're out. Yeah. yeah. Just like those rules felt like. It's such a drain. And as like a woman like you, who's like powerful and bold and fun and courageous and all this great shit, like it doesn't feel aligned. You're like, I'm not a woman who makes a decision. And then is just like, blah about it. Right. It's not going to stick with the type of woman you are, the type of woman I am, the type of woman that you follow you, that you work with. Right. You're just like, I'm not going to make a decision and just feel like shit about it. Like I want to make a decision that feels really good and really aligned. And like you said, like, and let's just experiment. Right. And if I drink two drinks next Saturday, like, okay, let's like, what does that mean? Like, let's, it's like, there's no, like start again, be curious. That's why, I mean, I track my drinks, but mostly it's a lot to be like, oh, I had a drink that day and this is what was going on. That's interesting. Yeah. For an awareness. Yeah. yeah. For an awareness. Like, I'm like, if I, like, I have an idea of where I want to be, but mostly it's like, that's interesting. I really wanted to drink that day because family was in town. I was PMSing. I had a bad day and I was tired. Like I didn't, but you know, that would have been a good, that 2020 Holly would have been like, that's a good reason to drink. hundred <laughs> percent. And I think most people would agree. <laughs> most people agree with that. All, all of those things. All those things. How people like, we're going to put all your things in this. Yeah. Photos, but right now, how do people get to play with you? What are they? Yes. Do? Love it. Thank you. Yeah. So I do my weekly podcast, Soberish Uprising, telling stories. This is going to be on there, which I'm super excited about. Also, SoberishUprising.com. I can, you know, we book calls there. That's where I'm going to launch a program beginning of the year, which I'm really excited about to really support women in stepping into this sober curious space. And then also on Instagram. So at Soberish Uprising. 
Okay, so we're going to put all that in the show. Uh, notes. Yeah, yeah. Also, probably people can get on like a little wait list. Like if you, yes, you, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, I do have a wait list there. Yeah, like they've already like are knowing they want to do this with you. They know that they can go there and like get you know whatever, put a deposit yes. down or whatever yeah. they need to do to like get on this wait list and know that that's going to be their January. Because I, if you're like me, and I know these listeners are, I like to get my shit start. Like, what's my next year going to be? Like, what am I doing? Like, I already joined like another community that I was thinking about joining now because I was like, I don't even want to wait till January. I want to like have my thing in place. I know what this next year is going to be about. And so if you're feeling like that, you know, sign up for Holly's thing and get a little deposit down and be ready to go. So you can know that you're getting going and you've already made the decision this year, knowing how you're beginning next year. Right. We're not starting January 1st because that never works. No, people have New Year's Eve. So it'll be a couple of days after, but really let's like, you know, and yeah, start out. I love that idea too. I love you're just like a planner. You're like, I'm already, my January is already ready. Yeah. I, I love that. And I also think like, you know, you can, uh, my, in my mind, I remember thinking like when I had like the Halloween with no drinking or when I had like, you know, what I had, I'll have all these like little firsts of like, Oh, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't drink on Halloween and nobody died. I didn't drink on the weekend and I was, I still lived. I went to a kiss concert. I did not have a drink. I actually was glad because I had a full present experience, you know, like all these different things, you know, we kind of in our mind are like, Oh, well, it's going to be so weird if I don't have a drink and and I really want, but you know, when I got to the moment, I was like, I actually don't really care about this right now. Like, it's really funny, you know, letting myself go on this little journey. So I really am excited for you to be coaching in this vein and like helping people just get curious about it and just be like, let's see, dude. Like you, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It just can be like, well, that's interesting. I thought I couldn't go to that dinner with these people. Maybe you don't like those people. You <laughs> and thank you for sharing that. Because I yeah, I'm like, I'm sure if like two years ago, if you're like, you're going to go to Kiss concert, totally sober. You're like, like hell I am. That sounds terrible. And you go and you're like, you've got to like, try this out. Right. Like, so I'm like, it is going to require a little, like a long-term sobriety. Cause you've got to feel what you've got to go through those first. And like, oh, they're not as scary as I thought. Like, oh, maybe I don't like those friends. If all, if I have to have drinks with them. Yep. You know? And I, I love this idea of like this up, this, is this an upper limiting thing? Right. And it like, and it also makes sense because women are conditioned to drink mommy culture, girls, happy hour trips. And so like, it's this, like, like this interesting, whatever we want to call it, upper limiting with the like conditioning of society being like, you have to have drinks at happy hour. So it's, how do we step into a place and just explore? Like, there's no, just, I always say like, if anything else in my life would have caused me the conflict that drinking did, I like would not have thought twice about removing it. hundred percent. It was sugar. We would have broken up with it 500 years ago. Yeah. That's how you know it's not. That's like when we go back to that, it's not me. Like, it's not me. Like, I'm not that, I don't need a drink to like deal with toddler people right now. And and by the way, that's how the whole mommy culture, why it's so fucked. Because if you think about it, you do need support during those toddler years. You do need support Mm -hmm. when you're like just trying to get this kid to 7 p.m. to put him to bed. Of course you want wine. Of course you do. But where's your support? Like yeah. support for these mothers. So I think it is so amazing, right? right? That this is where we've come to, that we're coming around to like, oh, it isn't me. This isn't part of the culture. It isn't required. Yeah. I can be sober-ish. I can decide. I can drink once a year, twice a year, four times a year, or no times a year. I can drink yeah. one year and not the next year. Like, I mean- hundred percent. It can be your fucking choice of how you want to live. But if you feel like drinking, if you feel like drinking is your bad boyfriend- 
red flag, big Mm -hmm. light, red light special coming in, right? That's when it's time to say, let me maybe be sober curious. Love it. And like, love it. Yeah. And like, just that like intuition, the whisper that like knowing that we know that you're like, this just isn't it anymore. It just isn't it anymore. Anymore. And what it's going to look like, I'm going to be open to. Yeah. And that's that. And that's that, Holly. I love your face. Thank you for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. I want to have you back. This could be fun because I'd like to maybe check in with you and see how we're both doing next year, like on our little drinking things and see, and like, just talk about like how it's going. I'd love to have you back just to kind of like check in and hear about your, how the, how the coaching is going and all the different things. So that would be really fun. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Holly. I love you. Always. I will come on every day. We can just do this every day. Every day. It's happening every day. Just for us. It's just for us. But thank you. And thank you for the work you do. And thank you for stepping up in courage and trying your soberish, and for also sharing. Because I know you're sharing early, which a lot of people are hesitant to do. And I cannot wait to see how it works out for you. I'm I'm excited for this journey. I'm very curious to see how it goes over the holidays and what goes down. Well, we'll have to see. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me. And if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Follow, subscribe, and leave us a five-star written review. For God's sakes, you know that's what we need. Thanks for joining me on Conversations with Warrior Women. This is your host, Liz Swadek. Thank you, Holly Grebo. I always say it both ways for joining us. And as always, remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Thanks, everyone.